Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Emotional pain and depression can indicate that someone may be at risk for suicide, but the signs aren't always easy to see or discuss. Most people who take their lives exhibit one or more warning signs. Often the signs are subtle changes in mood, what they say, or how they act. Learn to recognize the warning signs. Suicide is preventable. Recognize it. Talk about it. Act on it. Learn more at recognizetalkact.org. A message from the Virginia Department of Health. Hockey fans, join the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, James Naveau and me, Jay Zawoski, February 24th at the All-State Arena for our annual Chicago Wolves outing. $20 gets you tickets to the game, free parking, a free hot dog, a free soda, a Madhouse Podcast t-shirt, Wolves gear, and a pregame meet and greet with Chicago Wolves brass. Visit madhousepod.com slash events and click the image for the link to buy tickets. That's 20 bucks for a ticket. Free parking, free hot dog, free soda, Madhouse Podcast t-shirt, Wolves gear, and a pregame meet and greet. Come join us and the Chicago Wolves on February 24th at the Allstate Arena, madhousepod.com slash events for tickets. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois, and by Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, serving the Chicagoland area. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, my friends, to the latest edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, which is actually being recorded while the Blackhawks are in a playoff spot. Spoiler alert, they probably won't be for much longer. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. With me, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score. Jay, 
probably not going to be in a playoff spot for long because Winnipeg decided they didn't feel like playing well against the Avalanche tonight. But the Blackhawks currently hold the second wild card spot in the Western Conference. How on earth did we get to this point? Power play, offense, Patrick Kane, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like just having a, a incredible power play and a guy having – uh, his best season. Not, I wouldn't say totally unpredictably, but uh, I thought we all thought Patrick Kane's best year was behind him when he won the Hart Trophy, and it would just sort of start the decline a little bit. And still, really good player, point of game kind of a guy. But damn, he is putting together just an absurd season, uh, and he is the reason, man. He is. If you're gonna point at one guy as to why the Hawks are where they are, it's Patrick Kane. Uh, only two goals tonight, including the game winner. Uh, two assists or two, uh, plus two rather uh, so the assist streak is over but the point streak is well alive and uh, man he is rolling along and that game uh, I want to enjoy this while we can I want to enjoy the Hawks being in playoff position but boy as soon as Jimmy Howard left that game Detroit took that over and it just mm -hmm. felt like a matter of time didn't it well, yeah, I mean, and it's hardly a surprise, right? I mean, the Blackhawks got out to a three-goal lead. They didn't really uh, continue to keep their foot pressed down on the accelerator, if you will. Uh, you could kind of see them backing off a little bit as the second period went on. And then the third period, they just completely went into shell mode, and Detroit just completely came out guns blazing with the young talent that they have and as they mentioned on the broadcast tonight on several occasions, the Red Wings have looked really good in the third period of games recently, and this was yet another example of that tonight. I thought that the Red Wings obviously made all the right moves in that period. They were really picking their spots and hammering away at Cam Ward, and he made some great saves, yeah. but that dude got no help from the defense tonight whatsoever, and Frankly, that's a pretty good microcosm of the Blackhawks season. The only way that they're going to beat you, they're not going to be able to beat you defensively. They're only going to be able to outscore you. Yeah, that's for sure. By the way, there's one defenseman that I want to mention as having a pretty decent game. Can you guess who I'm going to say? <sighs> We've, that's uh, Trevor we, Daly. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, Blackhawks defenseman. I am going to guess you're going to shout out Connor Murphy. No, I think Slater Cuckoo had a pretty nice game today. Ah, okay. Uh, despite the play in overtime where he almost killed Cam Ward, uh, <laughs> taking down or trying to take down the the blazing speed of Anthony Mantha, uh, he made a couple nice defensive plays, including one on what looked like a breakaway for Dylan Larkin. Got the stick out there, shut that down, made a couple nice plays along the boards. I thought Cuckoo had a pretty solid game. Excuse me. Whew. And he, whatever you had yesterday, I think I'm getting. That's not great. That's not great. Um, I haven't even seen you to give it to you. Yeah, I know. Anyway, my stomach is a mess. Anyway, um, uh, but I thought Cuckoo had a pretty nice game, and he's put together a string of some pretty decent games here uh, as of late as well. He played 21 minutes, 28 seconds in today's game, uh, finished even, no points or anything like that, but uh, just a pretty solid game for a guy who, you know, you, you basically got for nothing in a cap-clearing uh, sort of a move, and you know, Jan Ruda was a contract you wanted to move out. It was a guy who was not contributing at the NHL level. And when you look at the way things have gone for Stan Bowman, uh, beyond you know, once the season began and he started making moves, it's been very positive. You know, uh, Dylan Strom had an assist tonight that gives him uh, 36 points in 37 games as a Blackhawk. That trades a win. Uh, Brandon Manning was just waived by Edmonton. 
Uh, so anything you get out of Drake Kajula is a win. Uh, and uh, Slater Cuckoo looks like a decent pickup. So um, some positive transactions uh, this year. And look, uh, like you said, it's probably going to be short-lived that the Hawks are in playoff position. But um, we have to give them respect. They've won 10 of their last 12. Yeah, it's been a defensive roller coaster. But look, we've got this offense that's capable of four, five, six, seven, eight goals a night now and again. Um, it's just, you, you never know. And, and when I say you never know, not that they're going to win a Stanley Cup, but look, they have battled back to playoff position. And I think um, I've done kind of a bad job at, I keep kind of poo-pooing it. Like, yeah, you know, it's not real. Yeah, you know, it's not real. Yeah, there's too many underlying stats. Well, the reality is they're here. The reality is they've done it. And uh, they've they've played uh, well enough to get where they are now. And I, and I think the team deserves credit for not just completely folding the tents when Joel Quenville was fired. I think Jeremy Cowton deserves some credit for uh, pushing all the right buttons once that tailspin uh, when he f- was first getting started ended. Uh, it's been supremely positive for the last couple months, in my opinion. Still more of an indictment of the bottom half of the Western Conference than it is, sure it uh, is. a ringing endorsement of what the Blackhawks have been doing overall. Now, look, I... I totally get you. I get that, you know, the offense has looked really good. It's been really enjoyable watching them play. It's definitely made games a lot more entertaining than they were last season. I think that uh, one of my buddies brought this up to me before the podcast tonight, and I agreed with him that this team is very clearly an offense first, defense second kind of squad, and they have to be because that's the makeup of their roster. You can't load it up with guys like Dylan Strome and Alex DeBrincat and Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, and not expect them to score a good amount of goals. And then on defense, you've got, I mean, what? What in the defensive cupboard right now that's showing? Can you really point at and be like, yeah, this is really good? I mean, Carl Dahlstrom, sure, whatever. He's Slater Cuckoo's been decent. But you look at Duncan Keith, he's getting older. You look at Connor Murphy, hasn't really been great for the Blackhawks this uh, he's, season. He's sort of, Murphy has kind of been, aside from like the beginning of his stretch with the Hawks where he was kind of finding himself and battling out of Quenville's doghouse, he's been kind of the same guy. He's probably their best defensive defenseman right now, but no way can that be the case if they're planning anything beyond a first-round exit. And, that, and that's exactly my point, yeah. is that they... They, they, by design, have to be this team right now. They have to be the offensive juggernaut that's just going to try to outscore you, you know, every single night. And, yes, that is what they've been doing. But is that sustainable? No, I don't think that you're wrong to poo-poo people who are kind of getting geared up for a playoff push by saying stuff like this is not sustainable. Patrick Kane is not going to continue to be on pace to score whatever it is, like 125 points this season Yeah, but we've been whatever. saying that for two months. The fact of the matter, Jay, <laughs> is that they're giving up 3.7 goals a game. Is that good? Which is the second worst defense in the NHL this season. And yes, their offense is spectacular. They're still only scoring 3.32 goals a game. And yeah, that's top six or seven in the league or something like that. But the fact that you're that close to the bottom in terms of your goals against and the fact that you're still scoring three and a third goals a game it's not a recipe for success and I don't blame you for being kind of the rain on the parade kind of guy because that's kind of the way that I'm looking at this it's really entertaining but at the end of the day do I really want to watch them get into the postseason and get waxed by whoever they play in the first round not really looking forward to that no I agree with you I I just feel like at this point the alternative is kind of 
like, well, it's either this or like the 10 seed. It, well, in the fa- yes, exactly. The problem now is that they're playing too well to probably get into a position where they have a realistic shot at getting the number one pick and drafting Jack Hughes. So if you end up having to pick between being an absolute NHL hell with them being in the 11 or 12 seed in the West and having basically no shot at the number one pick or having a maybe outside chance of getting into the postseason and getting waxed in the first round, I guess by default in that case, I would have to pick the playoffs. Yeah, if if those are the only two options that's for sure by the way i want to tell you about our friends at triple threat sports uh for all your team outfitting needs 708-478-6090 they can hook you up with some sweet looking jerseys or whatever you need for your team so give them a call or email them chris at triple threat sports.com yes i absolutely agree with that uh they do some wonderful work we see it all the time and like you you always talk about jay the stuff for your softball and baseball jerseys look just as good as the on-ice stuff the Blackhawks wear and whatever else. They're really great at that. No doubt. No doubt. You were going to make a point, though, when I rudely interrupted you. I'm sorry. I no longer remember what that point was. <laughs> as you as you did mention to listeners, I did go full-on Artemi Panarin yesterday. Did you shit your it, pants like Artemi Panarin did? No, no, I didn't. But you know what? I think that may have just been a little bit of John Tortorella exaggeration. <laughs> But yes, I definitely got afflicted with some some awful stomach ailment yesterday that I don't really want to talk about. All right, well I'm glad you're I'm glad you're better. You sound good. I was a little worried about your energy uh, as we were going to head in. Like, man, has he got anything left? Is it all you know in the sewers of Bourbon A at this point? But you sound good. You sound like your energetic self, and uh, I'm glad you're here. By the way, uh, went to Rabbit Brewing today. Visited our friends out there at Rabbit. Um, listen to what they did. So Ray, who runs Rabid, the guy, people who have come to our two events there have met Ray. She's awesome. She's the owner. She called us up and said, I have this idea that we're going to do um, Girl Scout cookie and and uh, beer pairings. So why don't you bring Addie and Hope over and you guys can work with me and we'll try to come up with some good combos. So my afternoon was drinking free Rabid beer and trying to pair it with girl scout cookies i have had worse days let me tell you mm. yeah it was phenomenal. and you were wondering why your stomach was hating you it had too much good stuff it it, it it truly did uh then i followed it up with a big steak burger from freddy's so yeah why is my stomach hurting i can't imagine why um but yeah uh rabbit is awesome we tell you about them all the time go visit them in homewood uh it's time for you to drink mythological level craft ales and drink awesome beer and eat amazing girl scout cookies all at the same time um so yeah anything else you want to add on this game i i, I think you know it was just <sighs> the last do, do we want games, to talk about mike Tarico's broadcasting or do we want to focus on the actual well let, let me get to one more thing and and uh the last two games have been defensive disasters for the blackhawks like it's been yes uh really really bad and and there's been one uh similar uh, you know, one thing that's common about those two games and that Brent Seabrook didn't play. Now, I'm not saying what? Before, before you yell at me, I'm not saying that Brent Seabrook is the difference between them being good or bad by any means. Um, I just pulled an abdominal muscle listening to that. I, I didn't know he had any. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I just I think there is something to be said for like stability and order. And I think even though Seabrook can kind of you see him fall behind plays and get burned 
often when he's in position, he's usually doing a pretty decent job and he knows where to be most of the time. Um, so I do think even at this point in his career, all I'm saying is I do think they're, they're, they're a step better with him in the lineup, even though he's probably a five or a six at this point. Um, I think just having him and his knowledge and his savvy is a helpful thing. Uh, and, and look, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that him being out was a difference in the last two games, but they have been noticeably worse defensively and they're pretty bad anyway. So <laughs> just wanted to point that out. Just want to, wanted to run it by you. We're, we're going to go ahead and we're going to run the headline on the post game show podcast page. And it's going to say, Jay thinks Blackhawks defense would be better with Seabrook. What probably is, right? I mean, define better. A little bit better. <laughs> so they'd give up three goals instead of four. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe if he's out there instead of uh, Gustav Forsling at the end. Oh, uh, for the love of God. Okay, can we? Yes, all right. do it. We have been giving a lot of credit lately to Jeremy Colleton, and rightfully so. He's He's pushed a lot of good buttons. He's made a lot of good strategic adjustments to this team. He's definitely had them in a position to play really well offensively. I, for the life of me, when the Red Wings had six attackers in the third period, why is Gustav Forsling on the flipping ice for the Black? You know who else is out there? Who? Dylan Secura. That's really bad coaching. I'm sorry. That cannot happen. That is, that's just an unacceptable lapse from him. That's obviously nothing that you're going to pound away at him for weeks and weeks about, but it was definitely a moment that kind of raised my eyebrows. I was like, why are those guys out there? Like we've been lauding him for a while about playing his best players in like particular situations, whether it be that last couple minutes of a game when they're, tra- when they're chasing a goal or on the power play or whatever. And in that instance, it's like he just kind of forgot. And it was like, oh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and have that guy out there. It just it was a bad lapse. And I, I it didn't lead directly to the goal, but it definitely was not the right move strategically. No. And, and I think it's a little different from what we talked about earlier where in the year where we sort of praised him for letting young guys be out there in key moments trying to, you know, end the game instead of just, like, relying on the old dependable guys. It's a little bit different because of the position they find themselves in now, right? Like, okay, you are competing for a playoff spot. For better or worse, it's happening. And tonight Mm -hmm. was the night where that point, that second point, would get you in there, right? And those things matter to players. Like, we can talk all we want about, like, oh, I don't care, sell everybody, Blah blah blah. The the players want to feel like, okay, look, we have we've gotten to this point. Maybe it's been ugly, maybe it hasn't been ideal, but we've gotten to this point. Let us try to win the game. And and again, if you want to put Carl Dahlstrom out there or Connor Murphy or you know Slater Cuckoo. Sure. But to have Dylan Secura and Gustav Forzing out there, two guys who I don't think you're ever gonna really count on for defense. Mm-mm. Uh I, I think yeah, I I was sort of scratching my head when I saw that out there as well. Again, not a you know, oh, my God, Cowton sucks sort of a thing. But it just seemed a little bit like, OK, maybe this yeah. is a little too far on the extreme of let's give the kids a chance. We do have to be fair when we give praise to Colleton. We do always have to be sure that if there is stuff that deserves to be kind of called out and questioned, we have to do that, too. We we are an equal opportunity podcast here. We make sure to give people praise when it's due and to give them some crap when it's due. For and. Sure. 
this is one of those things. All right. Well, what? All right. You mentioned Mike Tirico, his first NHL game uh, tonight. I was texting with a buddy during the game, big Red Wings fan who is. Wait, you a, have other friends than me? Shut up. Uh, <laughs> a, a big Red Wings fan who is a fan of uh, sports media as well, and his Len thoughts Kasper. on on. Uh, you said it, not me. Uh, ah! His th- his <laughs> thoughts on Mike Tirico were that he was a little bit. Um, like amped up in the beginning of the game, but I thought I thought overall uh, it was a pretty solid. It was I thought he did a pretty solid job. Like hockey's a tough sport to just jump into, and I'm sure he's done some before in some capacity. But uh, I think overall it was a pretty solid broadcast. I think he brings some. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I guess like a Q rating to hockey mm-hmm. a little bit. Like you've got like the the John Forslunds and uh, the Joe what is it Joe Benedetti or whatever his name is the Capitals guy. Um, it's nice to have a voice that's recognizable on an NHL broadcast. Um, and, and look, the dude's a pro. He knows what he's doing. I think I heard him a couple times step up and actually have some uh, like thoughts on the game. Like, oh, that was a missed call or that was a, you know what I mean? I like that. I don't mind. I know play-by-play guys are supposed to just call the action. But sometimes I don't mind when a guy sees something that he thinks should be pointed out. Don't always leave it up to the color guy. And that's one thing Tariko did tonight that I enjoyed. I was actually going to point that out that uh, at one point, uh, I think Eddie Olchek had called out the Blackhawks for having too many men on the ice. And like he was like, all right, that's a missed penalty. And then later on in the game, they missed another call against the Blackhawks. And Tariko immediately said that was the second time they should have been five on three. And I'm like, good, good recall on that. That stuff can kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit, but I'm glad that he's paying attention. And I think that to uh, your friend's point about being amped up about the game, I definitely noticed that he was trying to make almost like in the early stages of the game, he was trying to make it sound like he knew everybody's name and he knew all these angles on these guys, almost like he was kind of trying to prove that he belonged to the booth. And I know, I know that a guy like Mike Tirico, who has been around the block more times than I could ever count and has broadcast countless big games and big stages and all sorts of different sports, he doesn't have to prove anything to anybody. But I think there was just that little bit of, hey, I'm doing this hockey thing now. Let me show off this knowledge. And then literally by like the second period, I didn't notice him doing that anymore. I thought he did a great job with everything from uh, pronouncing the players' names correctly, which can sometimes evade certain guys hmm. in this town. Peffle, Peffle, sorry. <laughs> um, I, and it, it was a really, it was a refreshing change of pace. And like you said, it was kind of cool to have a guy with that kind of Q rating and that kind of, uh, you know, fame, honestly, calling an NHL game. I thought that was really awesome. I like the way they used him during the Winter Classic earlier this year. Yeah, um, I could see him doing more of that in the future. I absolutely wouldn't mind hearing Mike Tirico call some more games and then perhaps even get, you know, a playoff series. You know, not, not obviously the big one that Doc Emmerich's going to get, but I think it'd be kind of cool to get him in the booth and uh, doing some games. I thought he did a really solid job, and I think that he... With a couple more games under his belt, I think he could be a pretty darn good uh, announcer to have in their stable. Yeah, I, I think he's already there. To be honest with you, you know, I, I think just based on the stable they have anyway, um, I think I think that he's already among kind of the best of what they have. So, uh, yeah, thumbs up for me. Not perfect. Um, by the way, I've ever told you the story. This is a great old score story. Uh, years ago, when Jeff Joniak had his first ever. Uh, call of a Bears game. Mike Murphy, 
I was producing for Murph at the time. And Murph had Joniak on. He's like, okay, well, we're going to ask for... <laughs> this is so bad. He's like, all right, let, call in, and you guys can let Jeff know what you thought of the broadcast. And I'm like, okay, well, I think most people are going to be cool about it, right? Like, they're not going to be jerks. Everyone's like, hey, you know, Jeff, I, I kind of think you sucked. You know, you need... I need some work. It was like one after the other after the other real time telling uh, Jeff Joniak that his debut broadcast sucked. That was about Ooh. as painful a, a segment I have ever produced. And I have produced some painful segments. Well, well you know, that's what you get for uh, trusting in the minds of uh, sports radio callers. Uh, that's definitely true. And Mike Murphy. That's that's another thing you're just gonna not. You, you also do. need to work on your Mike Murphy impression. I've heard better. Hey, I don't want to. I don't want to talk or think about him any more than I have to. What's he doing nowadays? I think he does part time at uh, ESPN 1000. Oh yeah, I think I. Oh man, I heard him once with somebody with kind of the equally distinctive and at times grating voice on that air, and I thought I was gonna drive my car off the road. Oh, don't do that. You shouldn't do that. Well, I didn't, and it, it's been a few years, so clearly I'm still here, and he right. did not win. Right, good. I don't I don't want you to die. <laughs> Thanks, yet. buddy. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take our, let's take our time out uh, here, and we will uh, come back and do some more big-picture stuff. Uh, Bob McKenzie updated the Blackhawks uh, at the trade deadline. We will share that audio with you and just sort of look ahead. The trade deadline is Monday. It is very, very soon. Uh, obviously, James and I will have a big podcast for you Monday. Sunday is our Wolves event, uh, so it's guaranteed, since we will be unable to podcast Sunday night, that they're going to make a trade on Sunday. Those jerks. I mean, it's going to happen. It's uh, Count on it. Set your watch to it. The Hawks will make a trade somewhere between 2 o'clock and 6 o'clock uh, <laughs> on Sunday while James and I are at the Wolves game. If that happens, we will go live on Periscope, on the Madhouse Podcast Twitter, and break it down in real time from the Wolves game. So if you don't already follow us on Twitter, what are you doing? Twitter.com slash MadhousePod. Who actually says Twitter.com except old people like me? We're also Apparently, on Instagram yeah. now. We're on Instagram. So we, I've been liking the work you've been doing on Instagram, by the way. I love the little snippets of the show. Yeah. That's definitely worth a follow. That's something that I was uh, looking to add. Because I'm, I'm very active on Instagram. It's kind of like where I go mindlessly to just kill time on a train or whatever. And I see these videos of, like, moving text and, you know, just thoughts. So I'm trying to, after every podcast, uh, encapsulate, like, a minute uh, where James and I break something down. And I share that little clip on there on the Madhouse Pod Instagram. So follow us on, on Instagram. It's Madhouse underscore pod. For some reason, Madhouse Pod was taken. I don't know by who. I couldn't actually I, find uh, it. That sounds like a Gingenburger prank, Probably. honestly. Yeah, well, you didn't win, Ginge, you jerk. Um, ah. So, yeah, follow us on Instagram, Madhouse underscore pod. We share all kind of cool stuff there, um, you know, photos behind the scenes, stuff like that. But these uh, little video vignettes I've been making, uh, they, they've turned out pretty well, I have to say. So... Uh, make sure you follow us there. And again, on Twitter, uh, if anything breaks, uh, anything big, James and I will jump on, uh, or one of us will jump on the Twitter and do a live uh, video stream for a while. So check that out. But for, before our break, I want to tell you guys about our friends in Crest Hill at Marishka's, family-owned and operated since 1933, our longtime sponsor. We are proud to be associated with the world champion Poor Boy Makers. 
the Zadralovich family. Uh, can't wait to get back out there again. Softball is finally slowing down, James. Tomorrow night is my draft, and after the draft, it is feet up on the console until April. I can't. The last two weeks have been just soul-crushing with getting the softball league ready, but it's almost over, um, so I'm looking forward to celebrating at Marishka's. Bring your friends. Bring your family. Go try the poor boy, the steaks, the chops, the seafood, the giant onion rings, the twice-baked potatoes. Everything there is fantastic, and wash it all down with one of their great craft beers. Visit them at marishkas.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Marishka's. They are closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. James and I will be come back with the second half of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We'll be right back. Hot flashes, irritability, intimate dryness, even unsatisfying sex. Hi, I'm Dr. Alyssa Dweck, a board-certified OBGYN who has spent over 20 years helping women just like you safely find relief from these very natural symptoms without having to resort to hormones. To help my patients feel their best, I recommend products from Bonafide Health. Bonafide is a women's health company dedicated to providing women with non-hormonal and clinically validated products that work. Bonafide provides safe and effective solutions to manage a range of menopausal, sexual health, and PMS-related symptoms. That's why I recommend Bonafide products to my patients every day. In fact, I am also a Bonafide medical advisor. What I like most is that Bonafide products provide women real relief without compromise. Ladies, don't waste another minute feeling less than your best. Go to HelloBonafide.com and use code RADIO39 to save 20%. That's HelloBonafide.com and code RADIO39. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Offer valid on subscription only. The three stars of the week are brought to you by our star real estate broker, Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, serving all your real estate needs in the Chicagoland area. 708-675-1600. Our number three star of the week goes to Duncan Keith. Why, you ask? Well, if you missed the the postgame from the crazy game against the Ottawa Senators during that game, Duncan Keith passed the 30,000 minute mark for his NHL career. He is well ahead of the second player, Zdeno Chara, uh, almost 1,500 more minutes than Zdeno Chara in his NHL career. That includes playoffs and regular seasons. So uh, as much as Duncan Keith has slowed down over the last few seasons, uh, that is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He has won everything there is to win that a defenseman can win, including two Norris trophies, a Conn Smythe trophy, and oh, and oh yeah, those three Stanley Cups. Uh, Duncan <laughs> Keith, one of the best defensemen in Blackhawks history, and when it's all said and done, maybe the best. So uh want to honor Dunk for his uh, amazing achievement, uh, just a testament to his commitment to fitness, to his athleticism, uh, 30,000 minutes logged, all for the Blackhawks. So congrats to Duncan Keith. Remarkable uh, the way he's been able to stay healthy, too, even through all of that. Like, that's just a testament to, like you said, the preparation that he undertakes to get ready for each and every game, the seriousness with which he takes his craft. I I kind of appreciate the fact that we're uh, giving these shout outs to these guys who, you know, achieve these historic milestones. Yeah, they matter. And this is. This is a big one, man. This is re- it's really cool to see that. And I'm glad that Duncan Keith, you know, hit such a cool milestone. And yeah, it's a testament to just how good of a career he's had in the NHL and with the Blackhawks. And let it never be said, like we may like occasionally dabble in the idea of trading Duncan Keith or, you know, whether or not he's being utilized properly, but it cannot be 
it cannot be left unsaid just how big of an impact he's had on this team over his career. And I'm sure most Blackhawks fans aren't going to let that get lost in the shuffle as he, you know, continues down the road towards the ultimate, you know, end of his career. Yeah, and that's kind of, you know, uh, the end of a dynasty can suck. Um, but I think the one sort of positive to that, to the dynasty ramping down, is you get these longtime guys who – uh, just start to accumulate these counting stats like a thousand games or 30,000 minutes or 100 goals, 300 goals, whatever, uh, where they can have that moment to be honored again. Uh, and Duncan Keith uh, definitely deserves one. And I think this has kind of been an under celebrated achievement for Duncan Keith. 30,000 minutes is is substantial. It's uh, it's insane. And uh, yeah, kudos to our number three star of the week. Number two star of the week. We're going to give it to Patrick Kane, number two. Uh, his last five games, only 11 points, a little bit of yeah, a slump. Yeah, that's not much. Yeah, a little bit of a slump for Patrick Kane. Uh, only two goals tonight, too. I don't know what, what his problem is. Uh, probably out <laughs> drinking too much. No, I should not say that. Boo. Jay, what is wrong with you? How dare you, you idiot? So that's my number two star of the week and our number two star of the week, Patrick Kane, who just like we talked about early in the podcast, continues to just put this team on his back and carry them into a current playoff position. For now. For now. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're all joking aside. We were going to say that Patrick Kane got second star honors because his assist streak was broken tonight. But, I mean, when Bush comes to shove, when you look at this, he now holds two of the three longest point streaks in Blackhawks history. He owns the longest two point streaks by American-born players. He's just every day it seems like he's making some sort of new mark, hitting some new milestone, doing whatever, and all the while, just like you said, dragging this team back into playoff contention. You can give shout-outs to guys like Jonathan Taves, who's having an excellent season, Alex DeBrinkit, who we're going to mention, I would presume, in a minute. Mm. But Patrick Kane has been playing at an MVP level now for two months, at this point, if he's not at least a Hart Trophy finalist, I think that's probably going to be an upset just based on the way that he's almost single-handedly dragged this team from mediocrity and back into the playoff race. Look, if you're truly defining most valuable player as the most valuable player and not the guy who had the best season, there is no doubt Patrick Kane should win it. Like, Nikita Kucherov is having a monster season. And Insane, Even yes. with what Patrick Kane's doing, Kucherov's doing the same and more every night. But he's doing it on the best team in the NHL, Tampa Bay Lightning. He's doing it with a lot more help than Patrick Kane has offensively and defensively. Uh, so I'm not trying to minimize what Kucherov is doing. But if you're saying, if you took Patrick Kane off the Blackhawks, they're the worst team in hockey. Period. Yeah. But like, bar none, there's no doubt about it. And again, as of 10.02 p.m. Central Time on February 20th, the Blackhawks are a playoff team. And it's mostly because of Patrick Kane. Uh, number one star, James, you, you kind of spoiled it, you jerk. But yeah, uh, I did that. Alex yeah, you made the Patrick Kane joke. I'm allowed to be a jerk, too. You are. You're good at it. Uh, but the number one star of the week goes to Alex Debrinkit. Ten points in his last five games, including his fourth NHL hat trick. Pretty remarkable for a 21-year-old kid. He scored his 33rd goal of the season tonight uh and it looks very likely that he'll end the season with 40 goals which is i mean i thought maybe he could max out at that point in his career i'd never would suspect that in his second season he'd hit the 40 goal mark i i missed the exact number of games back that we're, we'd be going but if you took a specific chunk and a pretty sizable chunk of alex to season 
he's on a 60 goal scoring pace recently. Like he's been just an absolute monster for the Blackhawks. And I kind of love the fact that he's not doing it with Patrick Kane on his other wing. I love the fact that he's been able to work with Dylan Strome and he's been able to really kind of get the tempo going on his line and really give the Blackhawks kind of a secondary scoring line. That's been so huge for them lately. And yes, Patrick Kane has played such a big role in this turnaround for the Blackhawks and getting them back into the, the playoff picture. But the fact that Alex DeBrinkett's been able to give them that second scoring line has just given them that little bit of extra help, too. And I, I think he sometimes gets kind of swept up in all the Patrick Kane love. I, we got to give as much credit as we can to Alex DeBrinkett, who's having a really good season. Well, he is our third star of the week. Thanks to Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, 708-675-1600. Find your dream home with Michael Elwood. By the way, we did not do three stars of the night because we're doing of the week today. Uh, but Eric Gustafson, three assists and a plus four uh, on tonight's game. And we mentioned the trade deadline. With the trade deadline on the horizon, uh, Bob McKenzie, I, who I think is the top hockey reporter uh, going, it's a, one of my idols in the sport, he addressed the Blackhawks at the trade deadline on the intermission report. So take a listen to Bob McKenzie's report on the Blackhawks here, courtesy of NBC Sportsnet. You look at the Chicago Blackhawks, almost hard to believe considering where they were a month ago, but they win tonight. And there's potential that they could be right in playoff position when they wake up tomorrow. So what's their plan for the deadline? Wherever Chicago is, no quick fixes to try and push them over the top. That uh, they're looking at a bigger plan with hockey deals and not looking at giving up future assets for the rentals that are out there. So it's a hockey deals or bust right now for the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, the development of Dylan Strom as a second line center, and you saw his magic with Alex Dabrinkit and what they've meant to the Chicago Blackhawks, does mean that Artem Nisimov could become expendable, but he's got two years left at 4.5 million AAV that might not be an easy deal to move but it is certainly something the Blackhawks would look there's always lots of talk about are they going to move Eric Gustafson the defenseman the, the offensive minded defenseman my understanding is that that's not likely to happen in fact facts is extremely doubtful that he'd be moved by the deadline so there you have it it now according to Bob McKenzie does not look like Eric Gustafson is going to go which is a bit of a surprise uh, you would think that that would be a guy they're looking to move. They can sort of maximize the value he's, you know, gained by performing the way he has uh, over the last little bit. Again, three more assists tonight, plus four tonight. Uh, he was on the ice in overtime uh, for for most of it, uh, and uh, he has grown into one of the premier offensive defensemen in the league. Now, is if you're going by Bob McKenzie's report. Do you think that the Blackhawks think he can develop into some kind of dependable defender? I don't. I know you proposed, James, moving him to forward, uh, and I'm not totally opposed to that. But I, I just don't know. Like, is he going to get better than he is offensively? Probably not, right? You're no, seeing him. No, no, no. This is it. This is maxed out offensive potential. Uh, defensively, maybe he can get a little bit better, but you've got this log jam in the system and it doesn't look like Keith or Seabrook are going to agree to waive their no movement clauses at any time soon. You've got to kind of make room for some guys here. You got Boquist, you got Yokoharu. It doesn't look like Connor Murphy's going anywhere. If they don't move a defenseman at the deadline, uh, that, that is, you know, they have to, they have to look at moving him. I really think they do. You know, I, I just don't know how much better it's going to get from here. 
I still think there's a chance they move Gustav Forsling by the deadline. Yeah. Don't know exactly what you'd get for him at this point, but that's still a guy that I would kind of point to as a guy who could potentially get moved. I think that the logic of breaking up the log jam, so to speak, I think was on display uh, the other day when they traded Darren Radish for Peter Holland. I mm-hmm. think that that was kind of an organizational move to kind of start clearing the deck a little bit on that side of the blue line. I think that, The Blackhawks are, like Bob McKenzie said, they're going to be going for more hockey-centric moves. They're not going to give up future assets. So, yeah, you give up guys like Artem and Isimov, and I think that's totally fine. But I also think you, if you're the Blackhawks, you just, you cannot rule out moving Eric Gustafson. It's not like he's some, you know, untradeable piece that could potentially be part of your future. As far as I'm concerned, he might be one of your best uh, bargaining chips at the trade deadline because I think a lot of teams would actually really want a guy that can be that kind of power play difference maker on the blue line. And I think that a team might be willing to give you something for him. I, I don't think they should rule it out. And frankly, I don't think they have. I, even if they're leaning one direction or the other. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, with that in mind, and I agree with you in general, um, but what is enough for you to trade Gustafson? What would you need back in return to be like, yes, take him? Is a third-round pick enough? Is a second-round pick enough? Is a you know a an organization's like a top-five prospect in, in an organization enough for you to move him? It would have to be a defensive prospect, I think, in order for me to do that. I like where your head was at with the second round pick. I don't think you can get a first for him, even if it's a late first. Teams just value those picks too highly, especially at the trade deadline. I don't see that happening. Maybe you get a little bit more for him, like if you trade him in the offseason, but that's a huge maybe in this case. I think that a playoff team would be a lot more likely to pay a little bit extra to get him now to kind of get that offensive shot in the arm. So. I, I think with Gustafson, it would be a lot smarter to trade him now as opposed to waiting until the NHL draft. But who knows at this point? I, the Blackhawks seem pretty content with, uh, you know, kind of letting the market come to them a little bit and not really rushing into any moves. I've kind of gotten to the point, though, where I'm not just going to trade him to trade him for the hell of it. Um, you know, like if you're going to give me like a fourth round pick or some, you know, Rockford fodder, I'm not really interested in that because you have found a extremely flawed but an, an extremely flawed defenseman but a guy who has made a huge difference on a power play that's been anemic for a decade and all yeah. of a sudden it's thriving and he's a big part of the reason it's thriving and while yeah you know well let's 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 move all these assets while we can i get that i get that but there's also value in having a guy that makes your power play good. We have seen the difference it makes when a power play is good. And you can make a bad team good, or at least decent, simply by having a decent power play. The Hawks still have the worst penalty kill in hockey, or close, second to worst, or something like that. The fact that their power play has gotten them to where they are, it makes me not just want to suddenly just pull the trigger on Gustafson for the hell of it. You know, there is value there. He provides he definitely provides something that they've lacked for a long, long time. And yeah, Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook, those guys are puck movers, but they've never had a high-scoring defenseman like Gustafson. I think Brian Campbell is probably the closest thing that they've had uh, to, to the way he's providing just like flat-out offense. So look, he's on a cheap deal. Um, you know, I, I say if you're not getting something that is a true asset, 
like a, a third round pick at least or a legitimate NHL prospect, uh, I, I would maybe hold on to him for another year or, not, or half a year. And who knows, maybe he has another season next year like this one and you move him at that deadline when teams maybe believe in him a little more. But I'm definitely not just shipping Gustafson out for the sake of it. I need something back that is tangible, that's someone I've heard of. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's got to be, it can't just be, okay, this this uh, this kid will go play in Rockford for the next five years and we'll never hear from him again. It's got to be someone or that matters or a pick that matters. Before to be I fair, I don't trigger. think that that's something that we're going to really have to worry about. The Blackhawks don't have to make a panic move here. The, the fact of the matter is this is a seller's market, man. This, with so many teams still in playoff contention, you can definitely extract a really good price for anybody that you're willing to give up. And yeah, you might not get the best return imaginable for Artem Anisimov based on the term that he has left and the money that he's still owed. But when you're talking about a guy like Eric Gustafson that can make an immediate difference for a team's power play, I definitely think the Blackhawks, if they decided, yeah, we're going to try to move him, they, they, I guarantee you, would get several really good offers because, like I said, there just are not that many teams that are flat out out of it right now. And I think that if the asking price for other guys that are on the market is too high, maybe teams come around to the Blackhawks and maybe see if some of those fringe guys are available via trade. So I, I don't think that a panic move and them getting rid of a guy and not getting an adequate return. I don't foresee that being an issue based on how the market seems to be shaking out. All right. One name I want to throw out there. This is not a, I don't have any inside information, but there's been a lot of a smoke around this, this guy, Jesse Pugliarvi from the Edmonton Oilers. A, what was he? Number four overall pick for them a few years back has not panned out in Edmonton. They might be looking to move him at the deadline. I would like the Hawks to try to go pick him up. I think he's a guy who is primed for a change of scenery, sort of a trade. Uh, and I would consider moving, you know, a decent NHL piece for him. I think taking a look at a player with that sort of pedigree uh, that was drafted that high, look, we saw what it's done for Dylan Strom. I'm not saying it's it's guaranteed to work again, but uh, that's a guy, I, I, if I'm saying, like, what's a, who's a target you'd like to see the Hawks go after? That's mine, Jesse Pugliarvi from the Edmonton Oilers. I would like to see the Hawks make a play for it at the deadline. Do you have anyone in mind you'd specifically like to see chased? No, I, and I think part of the reason for that is that I don't want the Blackhawks buying assets right now. I want them to be selling, if anything. Obviously, if they decide to stand pat, I totally get it. Like that you're in the midst of a playoff hunt, that's fine with me. But I just I haven't been looking at the market as a buyer. I've been looking at it as more of a seller. So yeah, I think with I think to your point, as long as you're not mortgaging too much of your future to try to go out and get him, and it doesn't seem like you would be based on the way it seems like he's kind of fallen out in Edmonton, I think he could be a really interesting uh, change of scenery guy. And I don't know if the Oilers are exactly going to be, you know, eager to get back in the trade pool with the Blackhawks after the uh, Kajula for Manning fleecing that occurred earlier this uh, this season. But at the same time, I'd be willing to kind of kick the tires on that. And I think if you're going to make a move like that to get a guy in that – could maybe benefit from moving into a new offensive system. I'd be totally behind it, but no, I don't have anybody that I've particularly circled on the market that I want to see the Blackhawks go out and chase. I've been way more 
invested mentally with who they could potentially move from their own roster to recoup some future assets and maybe get some draft picks or prospects. James, I have an important question for you. I may have an answer. Are you ready for the email of the show? Am I ever really ready for it? You say yes every week. Well, you know what? I'm not going to break that trend then. I'm totally ready. Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod. The email of the show, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Fat Tuesday is close. I don't know when. It's a late Easter this year. I do know that, but Fat Tuesday is coming soon. That's when you want to go to – I mean, you always want to go to Chuck's. Always. But this is the time of year when Chuck's really shines – they're great Cajun food. James, you talked about uh, the jambalaya before. I love it there. It's phenomenal. But they're going to have all sort of Cajun specials around Mardi Gras, around Fat Tuesday. Go visit our friends at Chuck's, Burbank, Darien, Chuck'sCafe.com. Go do it. You're going to love it. And by the way, before we get to the email, you guys may have noticed we only took one commercial break this show. Uh, there's a reason for that. Uh, the, the Spreaker, who is the provider of our podcast bandwidth and they host and upload our stuff uh every week they change their policy that every podcast needs a mid-roll spot that means we have to add a spot to our post-game shows which i hate doing because they're so short anyway that i really feel that the third ad is probably not worth adding because there's one on the front one on the back that i'm sure people just skip um but they're forcing us to put one in the middle here um, so we have to do it or it's just going to randomly play a spot over our podcast anyway. So we'd at least like you to hear what's there. So we're going to do it. So we're cutting back on spots for the full length podcast. We're only going to do one spot break per podcast because, uh, quite frankly, we want to be transparent with this stuff. They give us free bandwidth, which is incredibly valuable that, um, you may notice James and I never really mentioned the Patreon or GoFundMe anymore because frankly, Spreaker has done a good job of, providing us a lot of the stuff we need so uh obviously if you'd like to give to patreon or gofundme <laughs> feel free patreon.com slash madhouse pod or gofundme.com slash madhouse pod we we'll still take your money of course of course we will and put it to good use it's all for the podcast always um but uh you know that's i just want to be transparent you may have noticed a spot during the post game shows not something i want to do not something i'm trying to squeeze a couple more cents out of our advertisers by any means uh, we just want to we got to follow the rules and those are the rules. So with that in mind, we're going to cut back on the spots in the main podcast. OK, enough business. Email. Jay, the show. We have a breaking news update. Oh, are they? No, the Blackhawks are no longer. No. In a oh, spots. my God. The Colorado Avalanche have beaten the Winnipeg Jets and the Blackhawks are now in a tie for that playoff spot. But Colorado holds the tiebreaker what was your favorite memory of the hawks being in playoff position um it may have been when we totally forgot to mention that jonathan Taves hit drake kajula in the face of the stick and caused him to miss the rest of the game that was a good moment when we forgot to do that you're right about that that was a good moment <laughs> that was probably my favorite moment too i just snorted on the podcast i'm sorry you did snort by the way you're if you're wondering why colorado uh holds the advantage uh, in the playoff standings, they have uh, two games in hand on the Blackhawks. Correct. Hawks. No, one game in hand on the Blackhawks now. 
Um, yes. So they are tied in regulation and overtime wins, but Colorado has a game in hand, hence they have the advantage. Correct. Okay. Email of the show comes from Steve in Glenwood. Steve writes, did you guys read the athletic piece on Marion Hosa? Scott Powers went to Slovakia and interviewed Marion Hosa about his skin condition. I had no idea it was that bad, and any doubt I had about Hosa was erased when I read that piece. Thanks, Scott in Glenwood. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with you. I don't know if I ever like truly doubted that Hosa had a legitimate issue. I doubted the severity of it. And they just sort of felt like, eh, okay, this is something we could probably finagle. We got some medical documents showing that this is a situation. Dude, to hear Marion Hosa describe what he was going through the last couple of years of his career with this skin condition is unbelievable. He said he would wake up with pus and blood on his bed sheets. His wife would have to hold his hand while he slept so he wouldn't just itch himself mindlessly night after night. And the medicine he was taking... I don't even know what this means, but I guess it had an FDA black label. He was going to Northwestern every two weeks to get his blood tested to make sure the medication he was taking just so he could play wasn't doing so much damage to his body that he had to stop the medicine. Check it out. If you don't already subscribe to The Athletic, you cannot call yourself a Hawks fan because they've got Scott Powers, who is doing yeoman's work. Literally, the dude went to Slovakia to talk to Marion Hosa. Who else is going to do that? Mark Lazarus is there, too. They're killing it with the Hawks stuff. Uh, but check that out. I'm, I'm sure you saw it, James. But, God, that was just horrible. To read that, to read the details of what Marion Hosa went through, uh, and, to, and to think a lo- as that was happening, the level of play he was still providing makes it all the more crazy. Yeah, and, I mean, we've talked at length on this show about what a great free agent signing he was and what a great influence he was on so many of the Blackhawks players. And I think that includes Jonathan Taves and Brandon Saad and all the guys like that. And to see the struggles that he was going through, like reading that article just really gives you a new appreciation for all of it. And you know all of his teammates knew about that. And you also know... That when the day comes when Hosa's contract expires with the Coyotes, it's still so weird to say that, by the way. <laughs> but when his, when his contract expires, it would not surprise me in the least to see the number 81 go up in the rafters of the UC or to see Hosa become in, involved in some way with the organization. And that'll be an absolutely fantastic day, and he will richly deserve it for all the things and the trials and tribulations that he went through. And Man, that article is a really tough read and really great work by Scott. Yep, absolutely. As always, uh, Scott just going the extra mile uh, more than any reporter I've really ever seen on any beat in this or any town. So with that, we're going to wrap things up. By the way, before we do, you heard the promo at the beginning. Our Wolves outing is Sunday. It is here. It has arrived. There are a few tickets left. They opened up a new block of tickets for us. I think they let maybe 10 or 12 tickets go. Uh, that that now are available so jump in there while you can madhousepod.com slash events click that link uh, that image and it will take you to the ticketing page 20 bucks gets you ticket to the game free parking free soda free hot dog free madhouse podcast t-shirt wolves gear and a first intermission meet and greet with wolves brass uh, got, got some details today we're going to meet with the team president of the Chicago Wolves during the first intermission. 
Uh, it's going to be a great time. Come and join us. That game is at 3 p.m. Sunday, by the way. So you can come to that game. We'll be out of there by 6 or 6.30. You can get on with your with your Sunday, have a nice full night. And uh, so, yeah, definitely join us. It's going to be a great time. Uh, so looking forward to seeing everybody out there. Ray from Rabbit will be out there. Our friends from Chucks will be out there with us. Michael Elwood will be there as well. So it's a cavalcade of stars at the uh, Might House Podcast Wolves outing. But uh, with that, I want to thank our sponsors, Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Rabbit Brewing, the time has come for you to drink mythological-level craft ales. Visit the Southland legend, Rabbit Brewing, in Homewood, Illinois. And, of course, our star real estate broker, Michael Elwood with Remax First Service. Go find your dream home with Michael, 708-675-1600. Until next time, for my partner James Naveau, I am Jay Zawoski. This has been the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business are heroic, and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you.